Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Did you hear about it? That's life. That's what all the people say. You're riding high in April, shot down in May. But I know I'm gonna change that tune. When I'm back on top, on top in June, I said that's life. Funny as it may seem. Some people get their kicks stepping on dreams, but I don't let it, let it get me down, cause this old world, it keeps going around. Well, if, if we take you back to um, college then, and... I mean, I'm sort of trying to grapple with that idea of, you know, someone with your strength of character and pride and sense of yourself, um, you know, embarking on a series of relationships with with girls when you were in college. I mean, it it must have been a huge strain internally for you. Yeah. How, How did that work? was a constant. I mean, I'm trying to think, for example, of me uh, being secretly attracted to women, but out of a sense of, fuck, let's say society was completely turned on its head, and me having a series of relationships with men, when I, at heart, have no interest in them. You know, it must be extremely... It um, was draining, because it was the constant... The constant battle internally with with your feelings and what you wanted people to perceive and then for people to perceive that you had to put on a show so it was the when I'm taking her out for dinner or you know it wasn't anything fancy at the time we wouldn't have had the money um, or staying up at the weekend just to spend time with her or take her to the park or all the romantic gestures or the big gestures you know that other lads weren't doing because they were just happy being together but I was always the one making the gesture because I needed to be seen to be making the gesture so that people will believe in the story. 
And that's what it was. You had to be ostentatious. You had to be out there so that yeah. you could keep your secret. Absolutely. And, and and when it got to the stage when I wasn't with someone, well, I was out on the night out with the lads and I'd drink myself into almost oblivion so I wouldn't have to deal with my sexuality and there was no hope that a girl would come up and think, oh, there's someone that I'd like to be with now tonight because I wouldn't be able to stand at the bar. You know, so and were you, were you ever worried when you drank that, you know, the the kind of the construct and the conceit would kind of fall away because that's... No, I didn't. It, 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 it didn't. It never bothered me at, at all. I was just one of the lads on a night out in, in town and I was always treated just as one of the lads on a night out. So, I mean, the the... That situation continues indefinitely for many men. I think in particular men, I think. In my experience, women are much more... This is not... This is anecdotal. It's not, you know, based on any statistics or anything like that. But it seems to me that, that, that women are much more open about their sexuality whenever... I mean, I mean, even today when I was going up here, you know, so two 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 sets of girls, you know, just holding hands in the normal in the normal everyday way, um, and it's still not a very usual sight, even around a city as as uh, sort of multicultural and modern as Dublin, to see like men holding hands. But the situation couldn't didn't continue for you, and maybe you just tell us a bit about how 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 that. It came to be damaging an awful lot of my my relationships, particularly with friends in the club at home. Up until I was twenty seven, twenty eight years of age, travelling home to Slane, the worst experience of that time, the forty fifty minute journey from the school in Terenure home for training twice a week. The only time I gave myself an opportunity to think, and it was awful. I'd arrive home argumentative aggressive, pick a fight with my parents for, for no reason. They couldn't understand what had happened to David, why he had changed the personality so much. I'd storm off to training, fall out with someone at training. David Beggy usually was managing us at the time and, you know, angry with David and David would call me the Roy Keane of, of Slane GA. Um, I mean, just aggressive. Nothing was perfect, nothing was right. Um... Not that we were any good at the time. We were only playing intermediate football. Um, but just wasn't happy in myself. But were you more aggressive when you went home? Like when you were in school, Was it? Were you, did it reveal itself more? That school is a very happy place. Right. Children are, are wonderful yeah. to be around. They don't care about you or your humour or what you're like. They, they tell it as it is and they just get on with life. But it was just once you went home and you're confronted with the, 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 the going the back home to, a, to a, a village what I thought was a village mentality coming from, from the city where, where, where things were different and a little bit more more liberal or a little bit easier to hide in the city and you were going home to the village and you you were masking you were, you were everyone else's opinion of who you should be apart from who you were supposed to be and at, 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 by that stage Presumably, David, you know, you'd had some sort of sexual experimentation with men. Presumably, you had had, yeah, from a from probably a young age in, in in university, college, and afterwards. Um, 
you know, I was living on my own in Dublin from 2007 onwards, you know, sort of from 24 on, you know, I was living on my own, so I was my own person. I didn't have anyone watching the comings and goings of, of the house, and mm. um, I certainly would have had Joe, yeah. And did, um, did you have any serious relationships no, during that time? No, nothing serious until until I came out in, in 2011. And maybe if if you're happy to talk about that, um, you you were teaching in a Catholic school, were you not? Yeah, I was teaching in St Pius the Tenth in Terenure. I'm teaching there from uh, September 2007, and uh, it's illegal at the time um, to be openly gay and contravene the Catholic ethos of the school. You can lose your lose your job. And that legislation wasn't changed until 2016, 2017 after the marriage equality referendum. It's a frightening experience. Um, and I was one of a number of um, gay and lesbian teachers in, in, on the campus and uh, I'm one of a number in, in my own school today. And uh, it's a much happier place to be now. Um, but hiding your sexuality from your, your work colleagues and, and so many people talk about bringing you know, the best version of themselves to work every day. How can you do that when when you're masking everything about you, your sexuality, afraid that something you say, the way you say it, the way you walk, a mannerism, maybe something camp where you were at the weekend might just give away the slightest hint about your sexuality. It's draining. So you're in school and... I, I will never forget it, the time of necessary decision. It's fantastic, January, the last Friday of January in 2011, I'm sitting in my classroom. I was an SCT teacher at the time and a child with autism was gone to see a psychologist for the day and I would half an hour free on that wet Friday afternoon. My aunt was getting married and I was asked to read at her humanist wedding a verse of a poem lyrics of a song and that same man who set me on my path in refereeing from Fenor and County Clare had given me a book by John O'Donoghue also from The Banner and I chanced upon a verse called for the time of necessary decision in the 90 seconds it took to read down through that poem the tears flowed down my face uncontrollably in the classroom in St. Pius, just coming up to half two on that Friday afternoon. I just want to um, read a small stanza from it. Often we only know it's time to change when a force is built inside the heart that leaves us uneasy as we are. We drift through this grey, increasing nowhere until we stand before a threshold we know we have to cross to come alive once more. And so you're sitting at your desk and you've read that. Yeah, it calls you to. May you have the courage to take the step into the unknown. Trust that a richer life awaits us there. Calling you. Kind of not, not knowing the, the kind of grey increasing nowhere that existed to come alive once more. That afternoon, 
I drove from Terenure down to Slane with the intention of telling my parents my cousin's 30th was on that night. Didn't tell them. Saturday came. Didn't tell them. Sunday morning arrived. The start of the Dublin Lawn Tennis Leagues Winter League. I'm playing with my doubles partner that I played with for 13 years in Stackallen in the tennis club. And uh, I wait till I get home to call my parents into the kitchen at about six o'clock in the evening with my brother. My sister was possibly too young at the time, from what I can remember, to be told she's 13 years younger than me. Um, she's a huge supporter of me now and, and, and myself and Tiago. And uh, I called my parents in and I couldn't even say those three words that I am gay. I had to lie. Still telling lies. I had to say that I had a partner and that his name was. When I think back to it, it was only a brief number of weeks that I had brought someone to a the Leinster Council Referees Banquet. You'd actually, you had a girlfriend. I did have, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. And, it's and, one way of and, testing and if they're going to stick around, isn't it? I mean, it's, I mean, I mean, <laughs> he brought her, that's one of the worst things I've ever heard, to the Leinster Referees Banquet. I mean, honestly, it's like, aha, <laughs> aha, <laughs> tell me, um, and were you still seeing her at that No, time? no, no. I think that night was, was disaster <laughs> enough. <laughs> and you felt this was now or never sort of. It was, it was no, it, my was mind it, made up. The, from was it the, the poem? poem. The that poem, was that it. moment of enlightenment, if you want to call it. And, and so you said, look, I have a partner. His name's Dave. And what, what, what did you feel like? There was a worry, first of all. How is this going to be taken? Uh, what What is going to be the outcome? How, how are my parents going to feel? You, very quickly you realise that you don't really care what anyone else thinks about you. It's just your parents and your siblings that really matter and those closest to you. And it's that, that worry, that irrational fear that you think you're not going to fit in, that you you, for some reason, are going to be treated completely differently because you've heard the stories of the people being kicked out of their house or being made feel unwelcome or not playing sport anymore because they don't fit in, you know? And I was happy, for the most part, outside my sexuality with the life I had. And I wanted to keep the support that I had in, in the school, in my family, my extended family, and and in the GA. So there's the worry but there's also the weight that just lifts off. And I can remember the car journey back to Dublin that, se- that evening not being near as stressful as the ones coming down in the previous couple of years. It was like someone had a belt strapped around the upper part of your chest and at the back of it they were just pulling it tighter and tighter and tighter. And unless you experience that, you've no idea what that feeling is like because there's no belt there. You don't understand where the pressure's coming from. And then, um, did you feel elation? No, I wouldn't say I felt elated. 
I felt a little bit less stressed. There was still a different kind of stress now as to what the the parents and the family were going to think. But a huge how did your, how relief. Did your, how did your mum and dad react? When you told dad was very quiet. I think I said to you before, Joe, he's a very pensive individual. Um, he would be a perfectionist like, like myself. Uh, walk into that man's workshop at home and... He wouldn't think it was a workshop at all. Everything has a place and everything's in its place. Um, he was quiet. And Mum later told me she thought I was going to tell her that I'd gotten my girlfriend pregnant. <laughs> 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 so. which, which, could, which was not outside the bounds of possibility. No, it was not. It was not. <laughs> if you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. That damned Leinster GA banquet didn't get in the way. Yeah, how did your mum react? <laughs> yeah, she reacted. There was silence afterwards, you know, and it was just kind of shock. Um, and uh, I suppose I didn't give them much opportunity to to delve into it with questions and I left closed the door and went back to Dublin but they were on the phone straight away you know are you okay is everything alright you know and the next morning I remember getting the phone call and they just wanted me to be happy Joe and I think it was a an awakening for them a realisation that this actually was what was causing the change in personality for the last number of years as the days trickled on and, and the weeks and I started to return to a much happier self, they could really see that, you know, my personality was turning back to itself and the humour was improving. 
they've always said they only wanted us to be happy and I know they're happy for me now. They didn't um and I know that I know that uh, you've uh, at the night of the wedding, you know, you you talked about your grandmother Alice. I know that you have a very special relationship with her. How, how, yeah. You're going to start me off here now again, Joe. <laughs> um, yeah, Granny's very special to us all at home, like any grandmother would be in a in a family. And Granny and Granddad were the glue that held us all together. And I suppose the ones that gave my my aunts and uncles and dad. What's so special about her? What's her name? Alice. What's so special about her? She's just a wonderful woman. Um, she's great company to be with and she's one of my biggest supporters she'll never miss a football match I'm at she taught me how to bake she's uh, taught me all about my flowers and growing plants and she's constantly in the garden centre with me and I'm buying and she's buying and um, we just you know <laughs> we're great company for one another and I can't pass the front door of the house in Slane without yeah. ever stopping in yeah how did how did your granny react when you uh, when you came out? Yeah, I remember Dad telling her um, in two thousand eleven, and uh, yeah, I, uh, Dad said, you know, Granny, Granny's okay. She said, sometimes those people are the nicest people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, uh, I. Uh, Wanted to ask you about the about the newspaper and uh, about the Stephen Gidley story. And, uh, and uh, you told me when I asked you when you were talking about it that that you, that you still had it. Yeah. That you always kept it with you. <laughs> yeah. In a box under the bed. Uh, it's quite extraordinary. Yeah. And did you keep anything else from your childhood? No, an, an awful lot. My mom was great at collecting um, um, items from her childhood. And um, for our twenty-first birthdays, she presented us with a scrapbook of memories. Fantastic, everything from first day at school to copies to star cards that you would have gotten for spellings or tables. You know, little letters we would have written her or cards that people would have given us for birthdays. And we have a huge collection of things at home. Um, kept a lot of stuff from my time in, in, in St. Pat's and Navan. That was a special time. Um, that's where my, my greatest friends um, that I still hang around with today, one one now based in Kerry, the other just outside Kentstown and the best of pals and um, and that's where I, I made them. I sat down beside Ronan my first day of, of secondary school and we've been best friends ever since. So I've kept a lot of stuff from St. Pat's, a lot of stuff, newspaper articles from the Hogan Cup at the time because that was big. That was big and nothing, you know. Um, not that I was playing, but uh, <laughs> they still kept like, the articles. They're, they're dim and distant memories. A very long time ago. We're a long way, way away Can from Graham Gersey and... and I was just ask you about when, when Joe was reciting the poem, you were mouthing it yeah. as he was doing it. Yeah. Like, do you think there is a sliding doors where if you weren't in that classroom on that day where you open up that poem, you would have 
stayed in denial, you would have kept going or would have something. Absolutely. I am. Um, I have a, a lovely bespoke piece of art on my, my wall uh, at, at home. Uh, a designer from Slane did it in lovely rainbow colours around the symbols of Newgrange from home. And uh, the poem is worked into that, that piece of art. And, uh, but many years afterwards, uh, when I was speaking to the psychologist about it, he called it a revelation. And uh, having studied Latin at school, Joe, revelation means to veil again. Trini. Yeah, revelare. And it was that unveiling of my inner voice and having it failed again that allowed me to come out. Mm -hmm. so had, that inner voice is, is uh, something that, you know, you, you don't create your inner voice. You only give her the opportunity to appear every now and again. And that poem created the environment for my for my inner voice to is 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 there a sense that um, that by hiding yourself for so long that that there that there were wasted years wasted a wasted decade like there was a wasted decade of probably life experiences that I was never going to get back you think in 2011 when I started to see someone for the first time that I was genuinely interested in. I'd never really gone on a date before where it mattered, the outcome. You know, it was all for show. I never had those pre-date nerves um, because it was just systematic at the time that it was just something I went through for, for, for optics. But going on a date, some, you know, with the nerves at 27, 28 years of age, having lost out on all those experiences and not knowing do I text back, do I text, do I, am I too eager, do I not, you know, all those things that you'd see a teenager doing I was doing that at 27, 28 years of age. Yeah, it was it, it was a bit like it was a bit like someone going to prison when they're 14 and being released when they're 25 that sort of thing yeah, A long sentence Yeah, well look, I think uh, <laughs> give me a second I think you're going to be the Stephen Gately for a lot of young people. I think that uh, we're uh, very proud of David and uh, and the whole J family. I think we're very proud of him, apart from obviously Andy Gormley and Fergal McCusker, mm. who, who think you're a useless cunt. And uh, we're so we're so glad that you've uh, come in today and uh, spoken to us in this way. Thank you. Very much indeed, my friend. Thanks for having me. Thanks, David. That was... Love you, man. Very moving. Thank you. After one whole quart of brandy Like a daisy I'm awake With no bromo seltzer handy I don't even shake Men are not a new sensation I've done pretty well, I think But this half-pint imitation Put me on the blink I'm 
beguiled again a simpering whimpering child again bewitched bothered and bewildered am I I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.